Hey guys, welcome to the eighth episode of Career Conversations. If you didn't have a chance, then check out our last episode. We had our chairman, Jeff Johnson, on, who was discussing building the largest subscription finance business in the industry. Um, so check that out. It's up, out on the website. Um, today, I'm really excited to be joined by Leah, Sam, and Danielle, three female partners at Cadwalladers, who will be discussing female leadership in fund finance on the back of an article they recently wrote. Welcome to the Fund Finance Association Next Gen Podcast, Career Conversations. This podcast aims to highlight industry leaders, their career mistakes, lessons learned, and advice they have for the next gen group of the fund finance industry. Please welcome your host, Joel Bucket. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, obviously, you guys wrote a fantastic article at the start of the year. Um, with female leaders across the fund finance industry sharing their keys to success um, in throughout their careers. And I'd highly recommend listeners give that a read. Um, we're going to share it alongside the podcast, so definitely check that out. Something that stood out to me was that all of these sort of tips that female leaders gave relate to self-belief and being visible or feeling visible, which isn't typically the advice that I'm used to um, as sort of a, an aspiring male professional in the industry, um, whenever I have sort of mentorship sessions um, or indeed things that I've discussed with other male podcast leaders um, for career conversations, how important do you feel it is that female leaders speak up like you have done and share their experiences given the female perspective and experience clearly varies so much compared to that of male colleagues? Thanks, Joel. You know, there are so few female leaders in our space. Um, it's a, it's an industry where we have a lot of women in this space, but in terms of the leadership ranks, there really not are not that many women leaders. And once you're in that role, I think that it's really important to be vocal and to um, learn about other people's experiences because as one of few, you can kind of question why you're there, do you belong there? And, and people talk about having imposter syndrome. And so if you can be vocal and start a conversation, people will find that there are really similar experiences and common trends in um, their experience. Yeah, I think what's really interesting and telling for me, Joel, is that this doesn't come up in the conversations that you have regularly, particularly with male leaders. And I think that's sort of precisely the point is that I think women can often feel a lot less comfortable about being vocal um, about their successes. And that's why it's important that we talk about this, because I think it comes or I'm generalizing a little bit, obviously, but much more naturally for men to be very loud about their successes than it is for women necessarily. But it is so important for career progression that you are visible and that you take every opportunity to stand out. Now, I don't mean that in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable. And, you know, Leah talks about imposter syndrome. And I think what's really important for anyone in career progression is, is not to feel like you have to pretend to be someone else or, you know, be more aggressive necessarily to get your point across. You have to be really comfortable in your own style, especially your own negotiating style. And I think one of the things I, you know, really love about our industry, the fund finance industry, is that our clients want us to be collaborative. They want us to be problem solving. You know, we've, we've described our, our products as relationship products forever, but that really is the case. You know, we're helping our clients to build relationships 
and we've got to build those relationships alongside them. And I think, you know, that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of dedication. And I think especially for working mums or even working dads who are, you know, very heavily involved in childcare, that can be really, really daunting. You know, so as well as being loud about our successes, I think it's also really important for us to share our experiences of our challenges and where we think we're failing. You know, on paper, I'm a partner at a great law firm. I'm mum to two kids, so I've pretty much raised on my own for the last 10 years. And I can tell you that every single day, I feel like I'm failing in some respects. And I think, you know, often people don't recognise what it takes just for working mums and working dads who've got a lot of childcare responsibilities to get into the office. Um, you know, Danielle and I had a chat about this earlier in the week. And, um, you know, the reality is that you've probably dealt on a daily basis with multiple catastrophes before you even leave the house. And that's if you get to leave the house. And then while you're in the office between conference calls, you'll continue to deal with those catastrophes. But if you step back, I think you look at the things that you've done or are doing, you're multitasking, you're problem solving, you're thinking on your feet, you're keeping all those plates spinning, you're negotiating. Those are the foundations of a really great leader. And I think we can, particularly as women, be really hard on ourselves and underestimate ourselves. But I think it's so important to get a seat at the table because when it comes to promotion and career progression, people are going to remember you if you sat at that table and if you've been vocal about the things that you've done. I agree with what Sam and Leah have said. Um, you know, I, I think it's really important to inform the not only you know the females that you're working with but, but also the males i mean they cannot always relate to what you're experiencing and like sam had said you know we as females generally bear the burden of most of the child care and that is part of our success in our jobs um, so i think it's really important that when you're communicating with your leaders in your space that they understand one the great work that you're doing at your job, but understanding the obstacles that you have to face in order to be successful in your career as well. And I think that's just something that maybe has been hidden because that seems like more of, you know, maybe complaining or um, being problematic. But I think it's just important to kind of highlight that you are being successful sometimes despite what's going on in, in your real life. And then also I think it's just great to have you know, the, the females that are your, you know, your counterparts being aware of what you're doing so they can help elevate you as well. And you can do the same for them. Um, Leah has done a great job of that for, for me. Um, she joined the firm about two years ago and she's been a great champion of mine when it came to being put up for partner. She was more senior than I was at that time. And she's definitely been a champion, not only with the, internally at the firm, but also with clients. Yeah, I think that's something that really came out in the article as well. You, you mentioned um, a lot of female leaders were saying it's important to be vocal about your work rather than just working hard and hoping you're noticed. So do you feel this is especially important for aspiring female leaders? Yeah, I do. And, and as I said earlier, I think perhaps it doesn't sit as naturally with women as it, as it does with men, but it's so important to, you know, to be vocal about, your, what you've achieved um, in order to progress you know if you're certain about this is what you want to do from a career perspective then um, you've got to get that seat at the table and for those around you to be very clear as to what it is you are 
looking to achieve it, it isn't enough just to do the job really really well because there are lots of others who do the job really really well you should always be looking for opportunities to stand out opportunities to do you know the toughest the most complex transactions there are because as tough and complex as they are those are the ones that you know are really really worthwhile and and valuable so um yeah, again particularly for women it's it's really important to you know not to be shy about self-advocating yeah, I think that's true in my own experience as well. I was asked to join Cadwallader a couple of years ago. And when I was having my initial conversations with the Cadwallader partners, I in my head had the goal that I wanted to be a partner. I was a counsel at my old firm. And my question to them was, what are you looking for? And I, I think it kind of came out in my conversations that because I had the title of counsel, which means something specific at Cadwallader, which is different than special counsel at Cadwallader, I think that there may have been an impression among some people that I was either in a part-time role or one where um, it wasn't necessarily on partner track. And I was very clear that I wanted to be a partner and that was my goal. But I think that if I hadn't been so forthright, there could have been some ambiguity and perhaps my progression would have been much different. And maybe I would have had to come in and then later sort of ask to be a partner. But because I was totally forthright about my aspirations and my goals, we really, I came in and I really had a plan and um, and I had buy-in from the rest of the group because we had had so many frank conversations. Yeah. And I think it's hard sometimes for the people that you're working for to understand your goals if you're not communicating them. You know, I think Cadwallader is a very collegial law firm, but there are law firms out there that are very competitive. And unfortunately, if you're not making your voice heard, those other people are. And they're going to be, you know, elevating themselves and not you, potentially. And you're not going to be in front of leadership. They're not going to know what you're looking for. If you want to be on partner track, you have to set that out there for them to understand. And I think it's really important to make sure not only just, you know, senior leadership knows that, but everyone that you're working for knows that as well, because then they're all working together to help you advance your career, not just you having to do it on your own. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think those are great answers. Um, the next thing that I wanted to ask you, and the article references the FFA's mentorship program and FFA Next Gen, as well as the broader events that the FFA hosts, which are obviously great networking opportunities. So I wanted to ask how important are these work streams for promoting equality? And do you feel like the fund finance industry is doing enough to get behind female leaders? Joel, I think that that is such a good point. I think that the fund finance industry is really head and shoulders above other areas of finance in the way that women are mentored and sponsored. In my own career, I've had amazing mentorship from a number of people in, in the fund finance industry, including fellow Cadwallader partners who have been absolutely amazing. But in terms of the FFA mentorship program, I cannot say enough positive things about the value of participating in that program. I've participated in that program for the last several years, actually, as a mentee. And my mentor um, is, a, is a man who is 
in a very, very senior role at a major bank who is a very important player in the fund finance industry. And he has given me just absolutely invaluable advice uh, as I have made multiple career decisions and shifts, including you know, mentoring me and talking to me about my decision to join Cadwallader. So, you know, having somebody that is really in your corner who can give you non-partial advice because they're not part of your institution, it's just a really amazing tool to have in your career development. Yeah, com completely agree with everything Leah had said. And I think, you know, if you look at the the fund finance industry and its genesis and 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 there is a there is a woman right front and center of that dd um and i think that she has done a, an incredible job of showing that a woman can be a central part of you know, an industry as big as this one um and show through leadership what women can do and achieve but also giving time right i'm sure you know, all of us on this call have had lots and lots of bilateral conversations with DD, very, very senior in our industry, and yet gives no qualms about giving you half an hour more of her time to be able to support you. And there are so many women like that in our industry. Deborah Montepetto, who is incredibly talented, um, juggling a huge amount of plates. I talked about juggling before. She juggles far too many plates, far more than I do but manages to do so and also, you know, help others, including myself. And, you know, again, it comes back to, you know, being very proud to be part of such a collaborative and female-friendly and supportive industry. I think you don't have to come to any of our conferences and see how many women there are there compared with other industry conferences, actually, I would say, um, how inclusive we are and what a good job we've done in terms of, you know, bringing through, you know, younger female generation and showing female leadership from the top. Yeah, I think we are in a very special industry where, you know, we have many, many organizations that we can be part of, FFA being one of them, especially women in fund finance being part of FFA. You know, it's, even if we're not in an official mentor role in those organizations, there are so many opportunities to make someone your unofficial mentor and to build those relationships, it, it's just extremely important. And I don't think most other industries have such a collegiate organization like we do. I just wanted to add, echoing Sam's um, you know statement about Didi Sklar, that I think that Didi is the ultimate role model of um, you know female mentorship and, and leadership and collaboration. Anyone that meets her knows that she is the ultimate connector of people. If you say you are interested in something or working on something, she knows a bunch of people who she's more than happy to connect you with, who can be helpful with that. I think she can, you know, in making those connections, she's also an amazing connector of women. There's always a committee to work on something. We do events where we can talk about important subjects in the wit and wisdom series that we do for women in fund finance where we can have a small environment and talk about things from about career progression and and other sort of um important topics in, in an intimate setting there is a real drive for collaboration right now danielle and i are planning an event that's going to be in charlotte and we are working with 
about six other women that are um, our clients and our peers in the industry. And it's just a big group of us working together, rowing in the same direction to get this done. And then I think that there's also this space in some of the things that we do with women in fund finance in that there's a mentorship to one another, but there's also a creation of opportunity to, um, how should I say this, sort of uh, play in male environments sometimes um, that women that are familiar with certain forums um, can kind of mentor and part that on other women. And I think a great example of that is the golf event that we did um, a couple of uh, last month. And um, Kristen Castellanos, who is a golfer, came up with the idea that we should do a golf event for women, get more women out on the golf course, get more women comfortable with being on the golf course. And she, by example, set up an event, put us all in an environment where we felt comfortable, and we all actually learned and went out on the golf course. And I think that is the ultimate mentorship you can have is to really bring people up with you, make them feel comfortable in a new environment where you know business gets done. Um, and I just think that the mentorship and the, the different shape, shapes that it takes in our industry are just extraordinary. No, thanks. Those are great points. Um, and another point that you raised um, in the article was the importance of networking, which obviously can be quite daunting for more introverted people. So I wanted to ask if you have any advice for introverted junior listeners or colleagues looking to build their network. Um, and I also wanted to ask, how would you extend this advice to junior women specifically? And in what situations might they find it harder, for instance, to network than junior male colleagues? And how can they overcome this? I will say that I am probably one of those very introverted people. Um, networking is not something that, you know, I love to do. I, I love what I get out of it. But the thought of having to do it sometimes makes me a little bit anxious. Um, I think the way that I got around being an introverted person in this industry was building relationships one by one with people and going from there with those relationships and meeting other people. I also had a mentor that was really great about introducing me to people. Um, and so I was getting out in front of more people, just having someone that was more of a not so introverted person as, as I am. Um, so it's definitely doable, um, but it is it is hard, I think, for some people to want to put themselves out there. But our industry is so welcoming that it, it you know, those hard moments aren't really that scary. Um, I think for for women, your advantage is that there are so many women in this industry. And I think nationally, women click with women. And so you know, you can take that advantage and building that relationship with the females in, you know, the, the lenders and the bars that the, the male counterpart maybe not be able to. You can do events that maybe your male counterpart cannot do. For instance, I took out a couple of my clients to a spa day. I don't know that I would have been as comfortable taking guy clients out to do that, but that's something that I was able to do with them and felt comfortable doing as a woman. And that I think can give you an advantage when you're looking at types of things that you know, you can connect with certain women on that you maybe not be able to do with men and men are doing the same thing. You know, I think like Leah just said, more men are out there golfing likely. Um, and so men are being able to build those relationships on the golf course. And while lots of women do golf, I think it's 
less than, than our male counterparts. So we definitely just have to find ways to connect with our clients. And that's not just the women clients, but also the men clients as well. So I think Danielle's maybe talked about um, sort of how you how you can overcome it. I guess I'll focus a bit more on why it is so important. So I think it's really important for two reasons. I think the first is as as uncomfortable as it is, um, and probably one of the reasons why it is so daunting is because one of the big questions you're asking yourself is is, is this client going to ask me a really difficult question that I don't know the answer to and are, are they going to discover that I'm an imposter <laughs> back to Leah's first original comment and and I think you you really have to leave that at the door because um one of the best ways to um develop relationships is to immerse yourself in their world and often as lawyers and certainly I had this experience at uh, at a firm, um, especially as a junior lawyer, your exposure to the business world is very limited. So you're running CP processes, you're drafting security documents, you're drafting facility agreements, without necessarily knowing the wider context within you're doing all that stuff. Um, and as much as that is our job, actually the difference between a good lawyer and a great lawyer is knowing why you're putting this provision into this facility agreement or actually have you thought about this because we've seen this market trend coming through or when a GP comes to you and says who do you think should be in my syndicate I'm really running out of capacity and you've been in the market and you've spoken to other people I'm not suggesting you should be able to do that at junior um, level necessarily but building up so that you're having those more business-like conversations you're cutting through the jargon you're understanding the terms that people are using in the market there is no real replacement for having those live conversations. That's the first point. The second point is those relationships are going to be your business case for when you're looking to progress in your career. So those conversations you're having now with your peers will be conversations you're having with them as supporters of your promotion, you know, three, four, five, six years from now. And it's so important to grow with them and to stay close to them to build those relationships so I, I think as as daunting as it might be it's it's absolutely essential echoing sam's advice that to grow with our clients i think that that's really the name of the game and we try to encourage junior women to really get out there and to 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 just start small and networking is like a muscle the more you do it the better you're getting to get get at it stronger you'll be and start with a coffee with your counterpart at the bank um, and start with a drink start with a social event and just do it make yourself do it once a month then make yourself do it more often than that and the more you do it the more comfortable you'll be and the more effective you'll be because you will see what works for your personality and what works you know, with the way that you want to do this. I think that Danielle's point about having a spa day with her client, you know, that's something that was environment that she felt great in. And I think that that was something that allowed her to really connect on an authentic level with the clients. And so I would say, don't be afraid to be really true to yourself when you're thinking about what would be a good way to network with people. Thanks. I think those are some great answers. And I guess the final question that I wanted to ask you guys was given you spoke to a range of senior female leaders from across the entire industry. Was there anything that surprised you in their responses? We received really great responses from the, the females that we heard back from when we sent out the, the survey. 
you know, I think the biggest surprise I had is from some of the women that are, have been in this space for quite some time and the obstacles that they faced are still present in some areas. Um, we don't really experience it at our firm, but you can tell that there are still some, some industry areas where they are still experiencing kind of some of this bias, which you wouldn't still be expecting in 2023. But I think otherwise, the responses were relatively consistent with the, the feedback that we were expecting. It was very thoughtful. Yeah, I think that um, echoing everything Danielle said, and I think that one really nice thing about this project is some of the conversations that it's prompted between us and some of our colleagues. Um, you know, when we compiled the article, we circulated it to all of our colleagues to read, which is what we always do with a feature article for Fund Finance Friday. And we got some really interesting insights and responses. Uh, Sam, for example, you know, was one of the people that sort of noted that, you know, some of the struggles that women mentioned in their responses that, you know, while there's been a lot of progress, that it's a little bit, um, you know, a little discouraging sometimes to hear that some challenges have have not gotten as as that you know gotten better yet you know where there's still a lot of work to do and um i think that it also prompted some really interesting conversations with male colleagues who maybe weren't aware of certain features of our experience which um i think is is also it's always great to open a dialogue so i thought it was uh you know Fantastic to see the responses, but also great to to kind of spark the conversations. Maybe Joel, just just one thing I want to add at the end, and I think um, Leah and Danielle did a fantastic job on this. Is you know we talked a lot about what we and others can do to help women to um, you know to progress in our industry and beyond. But I think it's also really important to recognise the terrific job that a lot of men do in our industry who enable that, um, you know, I am more than likely going to have, uh, you know, a male counterpart on, you know, one of the deals that I'm on at any given moment in time. And I have to say that of all of the, you know, the male partners that I deal with, they are incredibly supportive, um, you know, treat us exactly the same way they would treat a guy, you know. And I think it's, you know, th th probably don't get much recognition for that. But the reality is that they're as much responsible, you know, for our progression as other women who shout about, you know, our successes like ourselves. And so, you know, um, you know, Mike Marsha was was a real influence on my career, for example. Um, and so I think they often are the unsung um you know, heroes, I suppose it's too strong a word, but, but, you know, they are, they really deserve, deserve recognition for, for, you know, for enabling our success as well. I just want to add that I, I, I wholly echo that there are some fabulous men in our firm. And, and quite frankly, I wouldn't made it through the partnership process without the, the, the male partners in our group putting us up and, and being the steady hand at our back, um, you know, making the case for our partnership. I echo what Simon Leah have said. We had really strong male partners in our group that have been very supportive of our our success. No, thanks guys. No, it's been really insightful. I've really enjoyed the podcast um, and I've definitely taken a lot away from this one. So thank you for your time. Pleasure, Joel. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you.